I was speaking with a, um, a young lady. Her name's Chrissy. Well, that's the name she goes by. And she says, Ross, I come up with another idea. And, um, and she was very, very impressed on the idea, or was pressing on the idea of the hostages being so very, very important. And she said the 100 day was something that was important. That, in other words, it wouldn't be long after the 100 days, and she had a real strong vision that led her to believe that. So she started paying much closer attention. She came up with another idea that I hadn't thought about. And um, I went over it with her, and I says, you know, it's very possible. It, it, it could fit. And uh, so I want to do that with you, go over that with you, but that's not going to be the meat of the video. I, I want to get into something else to explain really so you can get the bigger picture of what's going on. And um, it's, I believe it will be very helpful. So let me get right on to what, what Chrissy was saying here. She's, she's basically pointing out um, that it is possible that, um, you know, you mind my scribbly notes, folks? I don't, I don't know if... Uh, let me see if I can focus in on them here just a little bit better. This thing looks like to be kind of, yeah, there we go. All right, just some of the notes that I've taken. Um, and this is where she is right here. She, she felt that there's enough people within the Knesset right now, the war cabinet as they call it, that are leaning to make a deal of some sort to free all of the hostages, and then the war stops. But she said it's something about the hostages. And, and so we talked about it some more, and she says, look, um, and, and, and we did discuss this before, but, but she makes the point, and that is, is that if, there, if this war happened and there was no hostages, the war would be over by now. It, so the hostages have, are very, very important at this particular time within God's prophetic time clock. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're, we're dialing in on when we think things will happen. And then, of course, we understand Asaph talked about, you know, naturally the hidden ones. Okay, so it fits in, the hidden ones fit in the timeline. And you can say there's other hidden ones. You know, you can say, uh, like, uh, in the middle of the tribulation, when the uh, Israeli, the Jews are told, as you see the temple being desecrated, would to leave, and you'll be spiritually hidden. That's Re Re uh, uh, Revelation 12, and I thought that for a long time until this happened. And if we remember, um, it was Terry, Terry uh, Gazer. She was the one that brought up the idea, could the hidden ones possibly be the hostages? And it fit perfectly because it fit in the timeline. And the other one that are hidden, and other people are saying, you know, the spirit's hidden, the church is hidden, and I, that doesn't make any sense to me without a lot of scripture to back it up. So what I'm doing is I'm pinpointing where we are in our timeline. And um, she said that it is possible then, and, and I'm pointing it out right here, uh, the war cabinet right now is split, and the military pressure or a deal to free the hostages, it, if there's enough pressure put on Israel, would it actually you know, free up the, the hostages? Uh, could that be a route that we could go to understand yeah sure we really could I can't tell you because I still believe basically that Israel's going to continue doing what they do until the hostages are found the whole point was and, and, and what she got across was is it's all about the hostages and how they end up when, when they're found and then we go back to my scribbly notes there if you didn't see them I'll just do it here real quick um, we can see that peace and safety then is could be uh, equal the deal and the reason for God to step in or sudden destruction. And that's the falling apart of, of the Knesset, of the government of Israel. 
Good point. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Terry, for you guys to continue help here. This is why I so much appreciate your um, your replies. Okay, what I wanted to do next, and this is kind of important. Um, let me just give you a quick example so I can build on it. It's not it's not a perfect uh, example, but let, let me. I, as a mechanic, first part of my working career, when there's a major problem with an automotive engine, it's easier to work on it if you take it out because you're going to fix whatever's major and then put it back in again. But in order to do that in most cars, you have to take the hood off. Let's just get the hood out of the way. It's so much easier to work on. Once it's all assembled, it's just four bolts. You put it back on again and you're done. So, But the hood's not in the way. I like to compare the hood, if you allow me to, to the wrap or to the harpazo. And the harpazo is to be caught up. That's those that are alive. It's the same thing as the rapture. It's just the rapture, let's call those of the dead. It's the same thing, but they're dead. And Paul makes it very clear that the two of them, the, the dead rise first, and then those that are alive on the earth meet them and they join and they go up into heaven. Well, if God's getting ready to do something major to Israel, he's going to fix something, then it would be as if he needs to get the church or the hood off the car. He needs to get the church out of the way. The dead aren't of any serious consequence in regards to being hurt. But what God is about ready to do, uh, it's over with for the church. You get to go home now. Is, is because I'm going to, is what God would be saying through scripture to us, I'm going to fix something. And then we see that in Psalm 83. Correct? All right. Paul sees it in Thessalonians 5.3 is a sudden destruction. So the peace and safety, sudden destruction, putting all this together, uh, along with the hostages, being caught, bringing the war basically that war to an end, but God steps in. No one's going to finish the war, or maybe the war is finished, but there's still all the surrounding problems. Let's get into some more scripture, and here comes the meat of the video. Uh, <clears throat> so if, if we understand this correctly, really what's taking place here is, is that God is ready to do something. So what would that something be? Well, if we take a look here, uh, and we take a look at um, uh, Daniel 9, we understand the 70 weeks of 7, correct? So what it is, is, is that God does something to allow something to happen. And that is, is to free up the area within Israel that Israel can sacrifice. Now, we've gone over that, correct? Okay, so... Um, it's it's just important to understand this because if if you're not getting this, things aren't going to fall into place. Let me come over here again. All right. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people in the holy city to finish the transgression. This is to finish it up. And it says all 70 weeks are needed here. And to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision in prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. So right here in 24, 924, you see what is to be accomplished with those 70 weeks. 69 of those 
is already finished. It's complete. So then, what are we thinking here? God needs that seven years to finish this. So it's not about the rapture. It's about fixing the engine. God's going to go into Israel, and he's going to fix it so Israel can sacrifice. A temple can be built. We know clearly, if we go to uh, Daniel 9.27, obviously there has to be a temple. Let's just do that real quick. Sure, real quick, yeah. Okay. So the last seven weeks is when he shall confirm a covenant with many. Okay. And then in the midst of it shall cause the sacrifice. Now this is a special sacrifice. To stop. So now we know there has to have a temple be built. Otherwise, how could this happen? And then it goes on to say, And the overspreading of abominations shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. So this part right here is going to be the last half of the tribulation. So the first half of the tribulation, we understand that God is going to do something. And then I said, for a purpose. I, when I say I said that, not only in this video, but, but in other ones. And what's that for? To build the temple. All right, here comes. Here comes. Let's get right into the meat of this. Uh, remember, Scripture, folks. I'm going to give you Scripture, but you cannot take my word for it. You must go to Scripture. And um, I'm writing all over myself with my pen. And let's do that right now. Because a temple is to be built. Okay, so remember that all of a sudden it just kind of like, the, 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 the Harpazo takes second back seat, <laughs> still using the car analogy, because God's going to fix the engine, he needs to take the hood off. Now, this analogy stops there because the hood doesn't come back in on the car again, that would be the proper analogy, but in this particular case, we know that once the church is gone, it's, it's gone. But, but God says, I need to get in there and I need to repair something. So first of all, he's going to say, I need to clear the land. That's, that's Psalms 83. Of the surrounding enemies, that Israel can build a temple wherever they want. Now remember, the temple needs to be built on the Dome of the Rock. or the rock, the, Yeah, the Dome of the Rock. But what's there right now is the mosque. The Al-Ask Mosque is there. So they really can't do it. Now, the Orthodox Jews and the ultra-Orthodox are very strict in their rules. And they say that temple cannot be built except it be built there where the mosque is. So the mosque has to go. Well, if we understand that, God's going to have to do something to have that taken care of. Well, that's Psalms 83. That's the action of God as he intervenes. And then Israel is able to build a temple and sacrifice. So... What's the big deal about this sacrificing? Where's everybody getting this in their... their or, or, how many people are thinking about this sacrificing thing being of importance and what's it for? Okay, so a lot of people actually really think that it's an abomination to go back to sacrificing. Well, what are people supposed to do if they don't believe Jesus is their Savior? Who's that? 85% of the Jews in Israel, not counting the hundreds and thousands that are here in America and eventually find their way into Israel because they're going to need to sacrifice. Why? They don't believe their Messiah was, was Jesus. It should be real simple. And so, now, why the temple and why the sacrificing? 
<laughs> this is the part that I think that when you, if you catch on to this part, you're 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 going to see a much bigger picture. It's just going to make a whole lot more sense. Let's just get right into some scripture, and uh, let's start. I'm going to start in in Luke 19, 28. And when he had thus spoken, he went uh, before ascending up to Jerusalem. Okay, so we can understand where this is now. Remember, everything has to be in a timeline. You have to read before and after. And I'm going to read after here in just a couple of moments. But this is when Jesus is getting upon a small donkey and he's riding into Jerusalem. Because now here, what he's doing, he's ascending up to Jerusalem on the foal of the donkey. And if they'd only had listened to the prophets, the Jews would have known that was their Messiah because it was foretold the Messiah would ride in on a donkey, and they blew it, okay? They didn't, they didn't listen to the prophets. Now, again, why the sacrificing? Let's keep going here. You know, I, um, <clears throat> my strictness comes from my, my background here. Uh, when I was a young teenager, I was required to be confirmed in a Lutheran church, and um, <laughs> the minister of the church was old, and he was very strict. And to be confirmed uh, as a Lutheran allows you to have communion, you know, with the adults. So it was it's kind of like a, you know, time of age that you come to, and that, and and of course it was a summer vacation <laughs> when these courses took place, and our parents saw to it that we got there and 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 came back again. But the pastor of the church was old and very, very strict. And the two of his associates, uh, I, I don't know what their title was, but they're the ones that taught the course, and, and they were strict, very, very strict. And I think that kind of always stayed with me. So you kind of get this. I'm not trying to <laughs> lord over you or anything. It's just that's, that's my personality. It's how I work. So let's get back to Scripture again. So now we understand that, that what Luke was talking about here is... is um, uh, Jesus as he's now going up into Jerusalem on the foal of a donkey. All right, uh, let's go down here to Luke 19, 42, saying, If thou hast known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto the people, but not now, they are hidden from thine eyes. Something's hidden here, and this is when Jesus enters into Jerusalem now, and he's speaking here. He's saying, it's going to be hidden from your eyes, folks. You just, you messed up big time, and I'm going to hide something. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee around and shall cast, I'm sorry, and keep thee on every side. And they, and I'm sorry, and shall lay thee even with the ground. And, and this to me would be um, pressured. There's not much else going on. They're, they're going to be solidly stuck in a position here. They can't do anything. They can't go forward. They can't go backwards until whatever it is done is finished. And the children within thee, and they shall not leave in, their, uh, in thee, one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. And what I just described to you, the time of the visitation, when Jesus came in on the donkey, they should have recognized that, and they didn't. Okay, let's go on. Uh, again, what, sacrificing, what's it for? Let's just keep going here, because this is just, again, it's scripture, and it's important. 
to me, again, you don't take my word for it. I'm giving you the scripture. I'll, you, you take it to, to a heart here. Okay, Micah. And I said, here, I pray you, uh, O heads of Jacob, and ye princes of the house of Israel, uh, is it not for you to know judgment, who hate the good and love evil, who pluck off their skin from off them and their flesh from off their bones? It says, who also eat the flesh of my people and flay their skins from off them, and they that break their bones and chop them in pieces as for the pot, as for the flesh within a cauldron. Okay, wow. <laughs> Folks, that's, <laughs> that's some mighty strong words. But if you have an enemy that was as immoral as they come, as indecent as they come, as uncaring as they could possibly be, that have zero connection to God. Would this not describe them? What's happening in Israel with the hidden ones, folks? It's just abomination. It's absolutely unheard of. And that's what you could say this is. That's what he's describing is a people that could have this kind of immorality, lack of any type of understanding whatsoever of a human being and just what is common. These people are out for and are evil. They're out for evil things to do. And, and I think that describes basically these people. And who is, is, I just read it the other day, who in this world uses a little one-year-old baby as a hostage? It, okay. Let me go on. I, I don't want to overemphasize and get carried away here. It, it just baffles me. Now, back again, the temple sacrificing folks. <clears throat> and they shall cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time, as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets that make my people err, that are running the government today and not doing a good job. They're not listening to God. Okay. That bite with their teeth and cry peace, and he that putteth not into their mouths, they even prepare war against him. Okay, so what I want you to notice here is he's speaking of something that has happened. And he will not hear, he will hide his face. This is God from his Jewish people. <clears throat> okay, let's, um, again, I'm, still, I'm making my point here, folks, and I think you're going to be much more understood and be able to see a much bigger picture when it comes time to explain it to other people. And uh, I know that so many of us, if given the chance, we would love to speak to other people and spread the word, but let's understand what's happening today now within Israel and the hostages, and then why uh, Asaph is going to do he said what God is going to do. And, okay, so God's going to go in and he's going to fix the engine. Remember? So what? So Israel will have the ability to be able to sacrifice. It only lasts for three and a half years, but they're, they're going to be able to. Ezekiel. Okay, let's get right into it. And the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for the iniquity 
because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them and gave them unto the hand of their enemies. So fell they uh, all by the sword. According to their uncleanliness, no, that they fell for the sword according to their uncleanliness and according to their transgressions have I done unto them and hid my face from them. Real quickly, I'm going to jump back here to Daniel. Uh, to finish the transgression and to make end of the sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring everlasting righteousness. At the end of that seven-year period, he's going to. What's being talked about here? The transgressions right here. So Daniel, in that seven-week period, he's going to bring this to an end, and he's going to wrap it up. It's, it's, well, God's going to. Therefore, thus says the Lord, now I will bring again the captivity of Jacob. You know who Jacob is. It's the southern part of Israel. That's going to go into parts of uh, the West Bank, and it's going to go down to the bottom of Israel, and it's going to go as far over as into Jordan. And uh, that's where he's talking about here. Says the Lord, now I will bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel, and they will be jealous for my holy name. After that, they will bore their name, mourn their name, and their sin, I'm sorry, and all their trespasses whereby they have trespassed against me, and they have, uh, when they have dwelt safely in their land, and none made them afraid. Uh, this is a continuation of Daniel. So let's understand what God's doing here. Is he's doing us something. And uh, he has, they can, <clears throat> they that have ignored the prophets and didn't understand Jesus as their Messiah. Jesus said at that time, as we read in Luke, he's going to hide his face from them that they won't be able to understand. And here it goes on in Ezekiel. He speaks of what? Hiding their fa his face from them. So even if the Jews right now today wanted to, God's not listening to them. He's not hearing them. And they're in great trouble. And this here in Ezekiel, what he's doing is he's talking about that. This seven-year period of trouble. Okay, let's keep on going here. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> when I have brought them again, uh, brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies, gathered them out of their enemies. What does that remind you of? Psalm 83. Land's end, sanctified, or 1948, um, sanctified in them in the sight of my nations. Then shall they know that I am the Lord, then they shall know that I am the Lord. Let me find it. Oh, good grief. I didn't even have, I wasn't even showing you that. Okay. So I read here, and they brought him again from the people, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God. Um, let's see. Which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen, but I have gathered them unto their own land and have left none of them any more there, so 1948, or you can understand Israel being brought back into its land again. And, and here he says, let, let, let me back up right here, because that isn't where I was. Um, give me one second. I got out of order here. Just give me a, give me a moment here. 
Thank you for that. A little pause there. All right. <clears throat> right here. So, when I have brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies, what does that remind you of? Psalm 83, lands and, um, and am sacrificed in them in the sight of many nations. Sanctified, I'm sorry, sanctified. This is what I wanted to do right here. Psalms 83. <clears throat> if we come back here again. So, let them be confounded and troubled forever ye. Let them be put to shame and perish that men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah the Most High in all the earth. So, what I'm saying here is Psalm 83 has a purpose. A purpose that eliminates the enemies. And what this does is, is this brings back around again that purpose of being having a temple built. That temple is being built so they can sacrifice. Now, what for? And I gave it away already. But let's go back over this again. Because this is important. Remember, God has hid the face from the time that he went into Jerusalem and was crucified. Okay, 50, or let's see, was it, um, it was um, 40 days later and that he ascended into heaven, Jesus did, and then it was another 10 more days before the, the Holy Spirit came down and came upon the Gentile world. And also, obviously, to all the Jews that believe Jesus as their Messiah. And that was the start then of the church age. We remember all that. And so, now, God has done something to them to where up to a point he has hid their face from them. So even if the Jews prayed right now today, God's not listening to them. And it says very clearly where I have showed you. But then watch what happens here. Something happens right here. And gathered them out of their enemies and land, Psalm 83, and sanctified in them and the sight of many nations. Many nations are going to know that, that they are now back into control of their land again. And they shall know that I am the Lord, their God, Psalm 83, 17 and 18, which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen. But I have gathered them unto their own land and have left none of them any more there. Neither shall I hide my face any more from them, and I, uh, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel um, uh, with the Lord God. W okay, what did we just say here? <clears throat> all right, <clears throat> let's try to put all this into perspective. So God sees an engine that's broken, and he's going to take it out of the car, church out of the way. So God takes Israel, and he eliminates the enemies. And see, it really has nothing to do with the rapture, does it? It really doesn't have anything to do with Harpazo. It's God in action, and that's Psalms 83. So God eliminates all the enemies. Israel's able to build a temple. Guess what? Right where they want it. The ultra-Orthodox Jews, they're not going to go against Levitican laws. It has to be done in a session. It has to be done a specific way. And they know that. They've got all, everything all set up to be able to build a temple. They have all the implements and all the garments, and they have the priest figured. They have the, you know, the Levi priests all figured. Everything in sessions already. All they got to do is just build it. And then isn't it amazing? Because God says at a certain time. Isn't that incredible? Well, what do they have to sacrifice for? So God can hear them. Their sins weren't forgiven. They haven't sacrificed for the time that Jesus sacrificing again once Jesus sacrificing wasn't needed for those that believed 
But those that didn't believe, that's what this is all about. That's why the church is gone. They believe. Well, Paul, day and night. Are you of the day and of light, or are you of darkness and the night? I mean, it's very clear. So <clears throat> the Jewish people are dealt with in a specific way that allows them to build a temple, and what for? So God can hear them again and can start working with his Jews again, not the church. If this makes sense, I hope it does. I know this is long and kind of drug out. Uh, I take this very seriously. Um, <clears throat> I see that what um, Asaph actually said was there was a period of time and there's going to be some hostages taken. And he calls them the hidden ones. The very reason why that war, this war that's happening today is different than all the others is because of the hostages. And I find that amazing because it's right there when Asaph the prophet said, and look, there's the hidden ones. Paraphrasing, obviously. So, <clears throat> you read before, you read after, and then you put it in a timeline. Asaph went so far as to put it into a timeline when those hostages are hidden ones were, so we would know. And what did Paul say? And he not have to write on to you, for you will know. And he says, when they say peace and safety, which I started this video out with, you can figure it has something to do with the hostages. Thank you, Chrissy. You can figure it out it has something to do with the hidden ones. Thank you, Terry. And this is why it's so important to listen to other people and what they have to say. This is why your replies are important to me. All this can just all of a sudden start clicking into place, and then I bring it to you folks for us to have fellowship, talk about, and go over. So are we good until next Sunday, or if something else should pop up? I gave you quite a bit there, didn't I? <laughs> Hopefully it'll keep you busy in your, um, your Bible and reading, and uh, you can comment back and let me know. Uh, that would be appreciated, uh, as I appreciate the fellowship. So until next Sunday, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I so much pray to you, please. A special blessing to all of those that search for you, and especially at this time in here, at this particular channel. A special blessing to all of them that come here, God, that you open up their hearts and their minds and let them see here that we know and feel confident and we can rest in your peace and understanding by knowing. Heavenly Father, in your Son's name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. To all of you folks, okay? Till next Sunday. Thanks for stopping in.